Hello, welcome to the Comedians of Wrestling, a podcast. I am Dan Black, and still your Comedians of Wrestling heavyweight champion. I'm here with the title, beautiful, beautiful title. After a successful finish, um, uh, uh, we got I got the one, two, three count over Tina San Antonio, a uh, a worthy powerful female competitor the first ever female competitor for the cow title and um I, I you know i smashed her good and it is what it is uh one two three uh that's how it goes baby now uh thank you this podcast is sponsored by patreon.com slash means wrestling by the way actually we're not sponsored by patreon.com but you can support this podcast on free but i'll tell you what's going on with me in a second patreon.com slash comedians of wrestling bonus podcast uh, i'm going to record it after dynamite this week don't worry i got time more info coming soon uh, but before we get into it oh man <laughs> so much to talk about in the world of pro wrestling <clears throat> Uh, let me just introduce him. He is the former cow heavyweight champion. Um, my best friend, Mr. Jason Shapiro in the house. Sierra hey. Hotel. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, no. Cut, cut my music. Cut my music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cut my music. There's a reason why we're both, uh, we're not with our usual gusto. Uh, there's a reason why I'm declining my traditional Hawaiian music. I flew in to New York City to be the one half of the broadcast team for your title defense against Tina San Antonio. I I thought you and Dolph Ziggler might be up to no good. And you were, (laughs) uh, it it was complete disgrace to the title. Uh, almost as big of a disgrace as the last title match you had. You've been cheating to win both these times. And I thought I'd come in just to, just to do what I could to make sure it ended fairly. It did not. You came out on top, but here's the problem. You and me both came into New York, which is just a, a disgusting hotbed of uh, coronavirus and COVID activity. And <laughs> and uh, the real, I might have pinned Tina, Tina San Antonio, one, two, three. But yeah. the, but the, uh, the cash-in happened for the big COVID-19. And me and Shevs have both tested positive for COVID-19 and are currently in stuck in new york quarantine where we don't live in quarantine living the fucking quarantine dream yeah we've both popped hot for covid uh dan you are now a two-time covid champion you've had covid twice uh which is um i don't know if that's impressive or just shitty this is my first time having so here's the thing you guys know how how important hawaii is to me and you know how important i am to hawaii yeah you can't can't even swallow like I you, can't go. You, you, every time you swallow, I see you have to like take like a like a you know like someone who's nervous. You know, I gotta wince. I like gotta a brace cartoonist for nervous person. Like, yeah, because it fucking hurts. It oh. feels like you know when you burn when when it burns when you pee when you have syphilis. It's like that. Only <laughs> yeah, we, it's we've all throat. had that. <laughs> you know, you know how every listener of the Comedians of Wrestling podcast has had a scorching case of syphilis before. I know I am. That's our demo. I'm the I'm the syphilis demo god. <laughs> the, de- <laughs> the demo for Cal is is uh, British Navy officers from the 1800s. Well, you know they go from port to port. You know. <laughs> mm. By the way, ask me what flavor I'm drinking right now. <laughs> what flavor are you drinking? 
This is a blue Pedialyte mixed with ice water. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we're joking about something that's very serious. That being said, uh, we t- we <laughs> we're t- joking, but we both do have COVID we right both now. Have we, COVID. we both not- got it in New York, and I can't fly back to Hawaii now. I'm stuck on the fucking mainland like an asshole. This is my rematch with COVID. And um, (laughs) (laughs) I had COVID about this time last year. The Uh, real winner on the weekend, forget Survivor Series, forget the comedians of wrestling. The real winner was COVID. (laughs) COVID pinned two worthy opponents this weekend. It got me and Dan. Oh, shit. It was my mic. Hot mic. Hot mic. Uh, (sighs) Anyway, that being said, it's me and Shebs here. I am basically close to asymptomatic. Um, I'm in quarantine. I'm here at the Days Inn reporting live from MJF's hometown of, wow. of, in Plainview, Long Island. Wow. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this hotel room. I've been here. This is going to be going. This is my third day in a hotel room. My family wants nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a pariah. I am a, a, a leper. I am a. Yeah. A walrus. Uh, I, I am the walrus. Cuckoo, cuckoo. So mm-hmm. you, this is your second COVID, and you are you are not having any symptoms. No, um, not true. I, I have a, a. I had like, well, the whole. I have a like. I had. It's gone already. I had a very, very mild cough. Like right. something is this is like being in New York feels like shit. We know that, right? Like New yeah, York, your yeah. dreams. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, concrete jumble where where dreams are, are made of. Um, but there's, there's a cost. There's a cost to, to being the boss in New York, which is that the city just beats you down. So there's never a time that I'm in Manhattan, especially this time of year, where I don't feel sick almost all the time. Right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, oh I mean, Dan, I, you muted yeah, yourself. I, I muted myself for a second. But this just felt like normal New York for me, like just like winter, you know, a little sniffles, a little like cough. I'll tell you what, New York felt like there was never COVID ever like i haven't been to new york yeah you know this place was popping like it never stopped it was a full-blown regular new york city and you don't have many symptoms you had a little bit of a sniffles i had a fucking raging scorching case of COVID. (laughs) no i had a scorching uh, covid fucking kicked the shit out of me man you got covid boner yeah i got covid boner i got covid boner no i got i had the fever the chills I was coughing my dick off. I went to the hospital to yeah. get a, a monoclonal antibody infusion. I got hooked up to the IV. I got the drip drop. I'm the fucking king of the drip. Move over, Seth Rollins. I got the sweet IV. Shout out to San Francis Hospital in Port Washington. And yeah. I still feel like shit. Let me tell you something. I do need to make a quick COVID PSA yeah. because no one told me this information. I had two vaccines. I got the one. I got the two. All right. We all knew the booster. You get it six months. I heard six to eight months get a boost. I don't really know. Apparently, the vaccine gives you like a 90%-ish immunity if you're exposed to COVID. Right. After six months, I heard this from the doctor in the COVID lounge, uh, the St. Francis COVID lounge when I was getting an IV drip. Next <laughs> they to five they have a lounge people. there. They have a lounge Here's there. what it was. It was me, five other people who had COVID, full-blown COVID, all in one room, hanging out, all hooked up to drips, sitting in like arms. We went to high school with. One of them we went to high school with. We were not friends. I did no. not say hello to him at all. He was known for anti-Semitic behavior at the yeah, time. Yeah, he spray-painted swastikas on a playground one time when we were in seventh grade. Um, so I did not say hello to that guy. Um, 
But I was in the COVID lounge and the doctor said, yeah, oh, you guys can get your booster. Well, they said, if you have Moderna, it's about a 93% immunity. After six months, it drops down to only a 50% immunity. And then you get the booster, it goes right back up. So because I did not get the booster, I flew into New York City, a, a hotbed of COVIDicular activity. COVIDicular? COVIDacious. Yes. A hotbed of COVIDity. Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah. Had a, it's, a, it's got a high COVID. I go co- COVIDiculous is what I go. COVIDiculous. This whole <laughs> yeah. fucking weekend was COVIDiculous. So I, I flew in there. I'm, that's what I'm the pay per view was called. COVIDiculous. Uh, that's was, what it is now. It's called COVIDiculous. <laughs> Comedians are versus COVIDiculous. Dan Black defeated Tina San Antonio at COVIDiculous. COVIDiculous in New York City. Yeah. I mean, look, when I flew to defend my title uh, to Las Vegas, I knew I was going into a, a city and a state that did not take COVID very seriously. Right. That was courting tourists from way earlier than they should have. Right. I went to a drag show with my mom where no one was wearing masks. We had a sold out crowd of 400. I did not get COVID because I had the two shots. I felt confident. I did not realize that after six. And by the way, my six month anniversary was October 27th. We didn't even get to seven months. And I flew to New York. I thought I was good. I was down to 50% immunity. It's like, it's like, it's like I was walking around New York City with my dick out. It was, it was a complete, who knew I was so unprotected? Had I known it was only 50%, I wouldn't have come to New York. Why? To, to commentate on a title match I wasn't even in for a title I didn't even lose? It's ridiculous. Why would I fly in for that? Had I known. So that's why I'm just telling you folks now, if you don't like vaccines, you didn't get the vaccine, I don't give a fuck. Don't get the vaccine. But if you did get the vaccine and you haven't gotten your booster yet, it's been six months, you have your dick or your clam out right now. You know, yeah. if you don't get that booster, well, welcome you to the comedians fo- of COVID, by the way. Welcome to comedians. Of, this podcast <laughs> has now been rebranded to the com- to comedians of COVID, hosted by uh, two fourths of the uh, Martini Boys. Uh, two fourths of the so the, it's the COC, it's the cock. It used to be the cow, and now it's the cock. But the thing is, my my announcement is: if you are of the vaccination persuasion, yeah. and and your six months is due, and you think you're protected a little, get you booster. are. Get the goddamn booster because. If you're like me and you're going to be traveling the world to compete for titles or to referee or to do autograph signings, you're, you're going to want to be above 50%. And I was not. And that's yeah. why I got COVID. <laughs> anyway, so we're both uh, – we're, we're right now Zooming from our respective quarantine dreams. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, that being said, we did get to the show. Um, <laughs> We, I did get charged $200 worth of damages for the show. I just want to point that out. That means it was a good match. If yeah. the venue, if you broke $200 worth of shit in your wrestling match, you did something right. But it was like, it was like, this is just like hilarious. Like guys, just like, like some insight into like when you're trying to like just fucking do stuff, you know, we make, we do this show. We we're at the show. Uh, uh, <laughs> The, the owner of the venue is like, you know, uh, we got to start on time. The WWE pay-per-view is going over. They started later than I was told, you know. So we got to start. People are coming over from Barclay. The video guy doesn't show up, so I don't have proper video of the show. I do. I'm going to have some awesome still photos of the show, you know. Still photo guy <laughs> was the best in the biz. Aaron Sangurai, the best. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Aaron Sangurai. You get, so, uh... <laughs> I'm just saying. Then we get then we get COVID, you know. 
it like, was basically, can, may I, may I just put it in perspective? Well, basically what it. you're saying is we fly in, yeah. the venue is telling you, first of all, they, they put it on the website as, as an hour earlier than you wanted the show to start. <laughs> right. Then you get there and you're like, hey, the WWE show of which this is going to start after that started late. So we need to push this back late. And they're like, no, <laughs> the show's starting at 1130. No. Then <laughs> you get COVID. And then the video, they we charge, no video evidence of the show, which I'm no trying video. to give to the patrons. And then they charge you two hundred dollars. Yeah, charge two hundred dollars because Tina San Antonio gave me a running bulldog off of a screen off of the wall, which turns out is actually a projector screen. Yeah, and then he, we went through a table. <laughs> the thing is, this there's no way that costs two hundred dollars. No, I just wasn't going to even. I, I'm out of fight. I got and no the, fight. Well, it's just, you know, she, 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 she pushed it to your limit. But the other thing is we definitely did more than $200 worth of damage to the venue in Vegas, and they didn't give a fuck. No, they didn't give a fuck. That was, they, that was, that was a rock and rager. Yeah, we, 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 we gave them about $800 worth of Trulies. So, I mean, I think that. But they didn't even want it because it, it was a White Claw venue. It's a White Claw venue. Anyway, we did have a great time on the show, and – uh the match, the match was a great time. Tina was a fucking awesome opponent. She was yeah. a great time. Um, Good match. You know, she almost had me there. Luckily, uh, you know, I was able to pull it out at the end because of my strength. Luckily, and, you have zero integrity as a champion. Okay. And Dolph Ziggler was there to back you up. There was two always. referees. You brought a re- you brought in a referee because you thought even with my even with my superior referee a real pro referee uh you guys still fucking Dolph Ziggler kicked my ref in the face he super kicked him knocked him out yeah and um can't compete with I, that. yeah well you know what look look we do have some video proof it's just not <laughs> it's uh it, it just is shot on the iPhones of whoever in the crowd happened to be filming. Yeah, is what it is. But anyway, you guys are the best. You know, <laughs> you guys are the best. Anyway, the point is, I'm still the couch champion, and now the title has been defended against women. I am the most feminist couch champion of all time. But what a what a what a ridiculous what a what a ridiculous. That, that being said, I had a great time in New York until until the COVID diagnosis, which I got uh, Chris <laughs> Thanksgiving morning. <laughs> Yeah, on my way back to on my way back to Long Island, like you got COVID, and then my parents, I Ubered to a hotel where I had Thanksgiving by myself in a days in. <laughs> Look, the life of a champion is not at all glamour, man. Sometimes well, it's lonely on the road. <laughs> it was just like I just sat here in this hotel, having Thanksgiving by myself, and was mm-hmm. like. <laughs> What a wild life. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's a little bit of a nightmare, but, yeah. you know. You know, I don't want to get my family sick, and they uh, they don't want to, you know, so it is what it is. So I'm in quarantine, and uh, good news is there's a lot of wrestling to watch, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. And I will tell you this. I have not watched any wrestling in about four months, except for – you know, if someone says this was amazing, you got to watch this. That's not true. You watch a ton of shit. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's not. It's not I even true. I haven't watched regularly in four months because I can't watch Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW, Rampage, Dynamite, and all the paper. I can't do all of it. 
Um, I'm in Hawaii most of the time. I got, you know, mountains to climb and waves to surf and girls to kiss. I don't have time to fucking sit there watching wrestling. But now I'm in the quarantine, Dan. Yeah. I'm watching everything. I got nothing to do here. <laughs> I need more. And by the way, I don't even like it. I'm falling asleep during Raw. It's fucking, it sucks. But I, I was, I fell asleep on watching SmackDown, but it's partially because I'm sick, not as much as the knock on SmackDown. You know, here's one thing I noticed though. And I noticed it during watching this week's Rampage. It's a, re- it's a hot wrestling revelation. I haven't heard anyone ever else make this revelation. If you have some sort of sound effect to play to, to, to denote a huge deal. No, sorry. The board, uh, all of my actual technology is outside of my quarantine zone. All right. Fair enough. But so for those of you listening at home, use the theater of the mind and play your best sound effect. All right. I've got a hot, a global wrestling realization that I've never heard articulated right. before. Okay. In a wrestling match. Yes. If you low blow someone yes. with your hand, you give them like a nice peen shot or you kick them in the balls. Uh, I low blow Tina San Antonio. You did. Didn't work. She didn't have balls. But in a ring, in a, in a wrestling match, that is grounds for disqualification most of the time, right? Most of the time you'll get DQ'd if a ref sees you just straight low blow someone. Right. Yes, Derek Quinn. However, <laughs> and I realized this during the the four on four, you know, whatever Cody and the Death Triangle against yeah. the, the other people uh, match, is that if you hit someone in the balls, but it's off the top rope, that's okay. Now the force generated by all, you know, by all logic would be way worse, but that's okay. The the Dudley Boys would do a top rope headbutt into someone's dick. That was always fine. Uh, I believe Penta did a top rope, just stomped on someone's ball sack from the top rope. Ref couldn't care less. So if you low blow someone with maximum power off a top rope, that apparently does not offend or break any rules. And that is another complete wild inconsistency in the logic of wrestling that I love. Um, But I'd never really thought about that before. And I wanted you guys to know. So if you could aggress somebody in the, in their cooter, Cooter tank. And they're cooter. If you cooter across <laughs> someone. If you cooter across somebody, that's yeah. not a DQ. That's fine. <laughs> Even though it's that's almost criminal impact on someone's genitals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it. just the, the logic makes no sense. It's, it's like if you I never thought about that. It's like there are legal ways to do nut shots. Right. You just have to make it ten times worse. <laughs> it's like, hey, if you do this thing, no good. But if you do if you what if you like sledge it like by that logic, it's like also if you take a chair and just jack into someone's dick, that's probably okay. There's, I think it's just it goes so far left that it's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what are the so amazing, I learned that. This it's an amazing wrestling observation. You can hit people in the dicks, just not on your knees with your right. It can't be. It can't be forearm. Right. It can't be a sensible hit. It's got to be a cartoonish, over the top, maximum impact from. 15 feet in the air shot. All right. Let's just jump right into dynamite this week. Um, okay. Let's, we got to go right into this, the, the, what everyone's talking about. The CM Punk MJF showdown in Chicago promo off the battle of the sticks. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to grab my water quick. I'm going to keep sipping my cocktail of blue Pedialyte. And I, now that was not a primo time to do it, but I'm worried that if I'm not drinking water during this. Well, your throat might hurt. You do have COVID. I do have COVID. Now, 
Um, Shebs, I'll just yeah. let you kick it off. What did you feel about like this uh, this kind of clash of the mic here? You have the two mic the two mic Mike Smiths of pro wrestling right now, essentially right. going at each other, setting up their feud in Chicago. What did you feel? I got a lot of thoughts. I've got a lot of thoughts also. I first and foremost, I want to say that this, I think, to me, was the best MJF promo that we've gotten. I think Ever? this was a, I, 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 again, I got COVID brain right now, but I can't think. He did some stuff here, and we'll get into the nitty gritty that I thought was really master master level work. I think it was. First and foremost, I got to give him credit for He did not skip a fucking beat. He did not flub a line. And he came at CM Punk in Chicago. It is very difficult to try to go toe-to-toe to somebody when the entire crowd is on their side, no matter what they do. Well, there's an entire um, crowd on there. there. There's almost like the concept of the entire crowd on someone's side, and then there's CM Punk in Chicago. It's like even right. another thing. You right. know what I mean? Right. So, like, no matter what, what – MJF was going to do, they were going to try to no-sell it or shit on it or just not give him what he wants. He's such a good heel, though, that it's so natural for them to like get, give the booze and stuff. Like, he, he did great. I think it was great. I think he did great work. And I think Punk was great. Punk's great. I think it was really cool to see because when I'm watching this, I was like, yo, is this the two best guys on the mic in wrestling right now? Because if so, that's a real treat. But then I was like, well, Jericho is alive. You know, he's, he's done some amazing promos. I love a lot of Cody's promos traditionally. Uh, you know, I haven't watched a lot of WWE lately, so is The Miz still doing great work? I, you know, I don't know. But these guys are all at least in the top five doing it right now, right? Like, would you say MJF and Punk are, are the top two promo guys working today? Um, I'm trying to, th- I, I, all right, let's, I actually was having a discussion about this, about the top mic guys in pro wrestling right now. And the guys I came up with are uh, Punk, obviously. Just to, you have to put him in there, even though he hasn't right. really, like, you know. I mean, his promos right. have been effective, but, right, he's still kind of in the meta zone of, right? right? Uh, Punk, I was saying uh, MJF. Yep. Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put uh, uh, Miz. Miz. These are all guys I said. Yeah, those are the guys. I, I would- personally, you're going to disagree here. We've talked about this. Moxley. I think his promos have been great this year. Uh, I, and, he's and, good. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's on these other guys' level. And Eddie Kingston also is a guy who I think is so good, but Eddie, I just don't think he's on those level. Eddie I don't know. Is, I have a similar problem with Eddie's promos that we'll get to about my promos with MJF. All right. Uh, that and and it's part of what I really like about Moxley promos. We can get into it, but there's something right. about Moxley that I personally and I'm and I'm very clearly saying Moxley over Ambrose. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. I think Rollins is one of the great promos of wrestling right now. Edge, Edge, Edge is Edge is good. Edge is good. But but now but now I'm saying big like now I'm mentioning a lot of guys who are on like these, the, all these wrestlers I'm saying they're on different planes. Like if we're talking right. about the top tier plane, like the platinum plane of promos right now, right? like edge is on that for me. Yeah. Edge is that for me, but I, I, I can imagine people would do, I don't know if that's would be worldwide embraced, but edge, I think he's up there. Well, let's say, well, I mean, <laughs> platinum plane. So platinum means almost like perfection, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, like if you had to, let's just call it the top 10 
promo guys in the business right, right now. Top ten working. promo guys. So like, and we don't, and we don't, but let's not make it ten. Let's just say, like, if if you can imagine, like, if someone told me, well, I guess Amber, is Becky, Becky, yeah. I mean, you can't have no women on this list, you know. Well, they got to learn how to talk better. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, <laughs> well, Becky, but Becky's earned her right. Becky's great, but I just watched her promo this week, and I didn't care about it. No, but she's, I, but she, yeah. you know what she has though that a lot of people don't. And this is something that, because I know you said you don't love MJF's promos, but no, there's I, another, I don't there's a, dislike MJF. There's promos. a thing that there's a thing that Becky definitely has that's rare that MJF has that's rare, and that's proficiency. Like she can just cut a solid, fucking no hiccups, right down the middle, like nailed it promo. Right, CM Punk is incredibly proficient at what he's doing. Cody Rhodes incredibly proficient. They don't have a mic in their hand. You're like, yeah, why are they letting this guy talk right now? Like, that's not, you know, like, Becky is that for sure. Like, she is rock solid. Well, I think in Becky a way, also has a stage presence. and a, She's like great. She, you know, she she deserves attitude. to be there. Yeah. She, she deserves to be there. I guess I was just – and I love her. I just haven't watched in a while, and I just saw her. I saw her promo from last week's Raw <laughs> with Liv. And it was good, but I it wasn't it was anything. Good. It was good. It just – I didn't really care. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't hook me in. Well, it's hard to care about WWE right now. Like the stock is down. Like if you're watching w, like AEW, people are popping for like Jericho does like nonsense and they pop for it. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's like Cole Cabana Daniel Bryan match. If you put that in WWE, no one would even care about it. But when you put it in AEW, it's a special right. thing. You know? Right. So uh, so let's get back to these. I think that's everybody. I mean, I, I think this is everybody. It's Edge. I mean, Moxley. unless you counting Heyman or something, you know. Let's not just because right. that's not fair. Uh, Kingston, uh, uh, Kofi. I mean, um, where, where's that tech? Where's that team up? Kofi's hurt right now. No, I want I want Eddie and Kofi. I mean, New Day is. If you said New Day as a unit in promo, I would be fine with them being on that list. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they do. You know what little, though? This, this is getting. This is getting too. We're getting too. We're, we're we're getting to uh i'm gonna pull us back for a second yeah. there's a kind of promo that we're talking about we're talking about the work shoot promo right no that's not even what i'm that's part of it but that's not it okay. what we're talking about is can you take a promo and put it on a fucking buzzfeed article of like must watch best promos you've ever fucking seen and like new day ain't on there there's not a single fucking maybe there's one or two that maybe but like you could get an MJF one in there. You could get a Jericho one in there. You could get an Edge one in there. You get a fuck. What? The, the Miz for sure. I'm, I'm saying, like, can there be a promo that, like, drops the mic and you go, yo, you need to fucking see that shit. And the thing about Heyman is Heyman's got, like, he doesn't cut ones that aren't that. So Heyman's, like, just the best guy ever. I mean, fucking Owen, Owens, we should, Owens definitely. Owens, yeah, but, I mean, I watched him on, I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing right now? Like, Yeah, but they're, those guys are handed scripts. It's not fair. I know, but I'm know? just saying, yeah, so. That's why if you're Owens, Owens that's why if you're Owens, you got to think about the AEW move. You know, For sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's perfect. He is because perfect he be, for it. If you give Owens the mic in AEW, he'll be the the champion like like this. Like, he, like is per, he, he is, out of everybody working today, he is the number one most perfect guy to go to AEW for his own self. But we have jumped so far. We from, jumped so far. But we from about from the time. promo, which yeah. is MJF, yeah. CM Punk promo, 
what got off on this tangent is, are these the two best guys in promo today? Let's not say that they're definitely the number one and number two guys, but it's very clear that these guys are both in a very elite uh, category of, of Mike Smiths. There's not a lot of people who are on these guys' level. These are no. two of the very, very best in the business. Right, right. And I thoroughly enjoyed it as a segment. I thought it was great. Um, you said you had a lot of thoughts on it. I'm curious what you have. <coughs> I mean, I, 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 can you, right, you just gave our listeners COVID. Fuck. Sorry, guys. I hope you're vaxxed. Um, so uh, I really do hope you're vaxxed. Get vaxxed. Because, guys, the one thing I want to say about COVID quickly is that, like, the second time I got it, I'm basically fine. You know, very mild. You see me here. So you want to argue your natural immunity, this and that. All I know is that I got all of it. Just get all of it. Uh, the vaccine didn't do anything bad to me. If anything, it helped me here, you know? Okay. So I had no problems. I watched it twice, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly I, – I thought all the writing was great. I wasn't, like, crazy – uh, I think for me, the whole thing had a general feel of being manufactured. You know what I mean? And mm. it's and I thought a lot of that came from MJF's side. MJF is young. Listen, I'm a performer. You know what I mean? So I think like I see a lot of myself in him, right? And especially we're from the same place. He's probably doing wrestling the same way I would if I were him, right? He has the same kind of performance defense shields up that I understand. And I thought if you watch the two of them, Punk was on a whole other level of, of performance to me because Punk was just natural, made it real. It's like perfect wrestling promo where it's like, I'm like, this just feels like Phil, the guy saying exactly what's coming to his mind in a very natural way. And MJF felt like I was watching an actor, you know, it was, uh, uh, it was like, and, and not even that, like kind of a, kind of a bad actor. If you want to, if you want to be nitpicky. Okay, so now that works for pro wrestling, that big kind of performance. Right. You know what I mean? But there's a difference between like what MJF does and like Kevin Owens, who's way more natural. Now, the MJF character, I think for me, what's a little confusing, the MJF character is the MJF character is amazing. I'm a huge fan of MJF. He's going to be like, I really do think he can main event a WrestleMania. Like, he, he has that level of ability. that it, You know, and he has so much time to build it. Um, it is tough when you have a character who's so big and playing in the WWE realm, to be honest, in my opinion, where he's mm -hmm. like, I'm upset that you didn't acknowledge me because I'm so great. That's very WWE university, you know? And then Punk is playing in, like, the real uh, – is playing like I'm a, I'm a guy. You know, so I just mm -hmm. felt like a little bit they were on different planes of existence there. But that being said, all the digs they said were fucking perfect. Like they were perfectly going toe to toe, toe to toe, uh, dissecting what's wrong with each other correctly. You know, right. And that's what's always great about AEW is like, for example, a couple weeks back, you had Daniel Bryan and Hangman going against each other. And everything they said, it's like we could argue about their performance and 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 like, because Hangman Page is not a good Mike guy at all, like at mm, all, He's very bad. And <clears throat> but it doesn't matter because the stuff they're saying is exactly what we're thinking, and it's true. And that's perfect wrestling, where it's like, hey, 
I beat Daniel Bryan. Uh, I beat Kenny in under 30 minutes, you know? And he's like, I'm disappointed that it's you here because I wanted that Kenny match, you know? And you're like, That's, that stuff really works, you know? So everything they said here was just like, this is exactly what you want to hear between these two guys. Where if this wasn't WWE, the stuff they would say would be none of this shit, right? Mm. It would just be like, I'm awesome, you're bad, I'll see you at Survivor Series, or blah, blah, blah. Some, right. kind, of jo- some kind of dated joke and just call somebody a bitch. Right. Right. Yes. So I don't know. That's like a general uh, vibe. Yeah. These it. are they're, these, the promos in AW are afforded to be a little bit more interesting because they're a little bit more real and cutting and like, hey, we're taking real shots at the almost at the product. Right. Like what you do where WWE does a much hokier thing. So. 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 So that being said, I do think this is both. It's it's kind of a weird thing. I, I, I'm not I'm, I'm trying to I'm. MJF, I think this is kind of the gift and the curse for MJF because this is going to make him, and this is like kind of one of the punks digs on him, which is that like, he's like, you don't have the ability to like do what I did, like unless you marry like Steph, right? Well, hold on. We, I, but I, 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 I'm not getting into that specifics there, but what I'm saying is that actually the interesting thing is the way MJF performs is that he will slot perfectly into yeah. WWE. You know and what I mean? he's, and, but MJF has also said that. He has a great right. thing. I think That's 2024, week, right? Is the man is going to start a bidding war in 2024. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. MJF has a gift. What, yes. you're, what you're noticing, and you're not wrong, is that Kevin Owens, Edge, and CM Punk are so much more seasoned yes. as performers that they can reel it in. He- and MJF plays super, super big. Like, MJF, the character, and MJF, the performer, yeah. is really big. It's really high energy. It's a lot of yelling. It's very, like, it's hot. But the thing is, that's, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a newer performer thing. But the guy's 25. Well, he's like this now. He's Sorry, this uh, good. Hold yeah. on, but he's this good and he's 25. Yeah. Right. And he can I'm, hang with CM Punk. Oh, 100%. The, 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 you know, the, the, the ceiling for MJF is there is none. You know what I mean? Like, right. he's incredible. So uh, he's got, he's got everything. He can get bigger. He's got, he's got all the tools to succeed in modern pro right. wrestling. Now, and in past pro wrestling, like he has like that, that exactly that. What I'm saying is that as a guy who's, I know a lot of people in the pro wrestling world, I've even done improv exercises with actual WWE talents. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and they've, I've talked to them about what kind of training you get in the PC and stuff like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. what worries me about him is that he doesn't naturally understand it the way punk does. You know what I mean? Like punk's like, and, 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 and like a KO does where I'm like, I wish someone could coach him properly, but he'll figure it out. He's so now, hold on. You're saying two very wild things. Yeah. Naturally gets it like punk. Yeah. And Kevin Owens point me to the 25 year old KO promo or the 25 year old punk promo where they were getting it. Yeah. He's so I mean, young. You're right. You're I mean, right. He's so young. Kevin Owens. I, I mean, he, I've seen some great KO promos from the Indies punk. I didn't see a lot of great. I mean, the best promo Punk ever cut in his life, that was after, you know, five to ten years of being in the WWE system and being sick of it and shooting from the hip. He's got to be in his 30s. In his 30s, right? yeah. Right. So I'm not worried about him, which uh, 10 years ago, now he's 41, so he's about 31 years old. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's that these guys, that, that MJF doesn't naturally have I don't buy that. And because Edge is a great example. Edge is a guy who pretty much was, uh, was worthless on the microphone. And now he's one of the best guys ever. Right. I mean, when he was 25, he was spitting blood out of a fucking chalice 
You know, I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't doing much. Well, I'm mic. saying uh, like Austin, right, is like one yeah. of the most natural promos, but right. also bold. He's the perfect. I think he's the perfect example of like comfortable in his skin real promo that also plays big and broad to an entire arena, which is why he's the right. number one breast wrestler of all time, I think. Yeah. Like the Rock is a little sticky, and people kind of knock him down for it, you know? I'm not knocking The Rock down. I would rather listen to a Rock promo than a Stone Cold promo any day of the week. Uh, it's, it's just a different thing. The Rock is... Dusty's, a, is a, Dusty's another example of the same zone as Stone Cold, I think. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Dusty... <laughs> <laughs> Dusty, I mean Dusty. I, I, I'm Dusty's so caffeinated right now. I'm all over. He's the my place. favorite promo guy, probably ever. Hey, yeah. hey look, Dusty's a, a, a quite a mix of like over the top and performance and keeping it real. Who knows? But look, what we're talking about here is performance style. The Rock yeah. and MJF are definitely more theatrical and performative than CM Punk is. CM Punk keeps it a little bit more natural. Okay, and I think that CM Punk also is better, a slightly still better at cutting promos than MJF, but CM Punk's in his 40s, is a 20-plus year veteran, and MJF is right at the beginning of his career. And the fact that he can – I mean, I, I think MJF had the better promo than Punk. And I want to go line for line a little bit because – I think MJF's promo was written be- – on paper was better than Punk's promo, but I thought Punk's promo was more effective. But so, well, I, I, I think you think it's more effective because you're a mark and because he got to speak last and his music hit. You know, like, that's why it was more... Because he, he won the night on TV. How dare you? How dare you? You're a fucking mark. And I'm saying <laughs> that... What I'm saying is that... the they were, Here's... here's Can I tell you yeah. why MJF won the night? Or do you want to go line for line or should I tell you, like, the finale of why MJF's promo was better to me? I think you could say that and then we go line for line. Okay, uh, let me tell you MJF's line for line this. Let me do the MJF's promo's better. Because... And, and by the way, they both did a great job. But this is why I was so impressed with MJF's promo. Yeah. There were, there were parts of MJF's promo that I'm like, all right, this, this part I don't love. Not to mention, it was one of the first Dynamites to open with a, like a 20-minute WWE-style oh, yeah. promo. You know what I mean? Yeah, Dynamite usually opens with a big-ass match. Right. The fact that these guys opened it with an entertaining segment that was just as good as any match you could throw is a huge testament to both of these guys. But... I don't think what MJF, MJF did was, an, was 100% perfect, but I think that the highs of this promo were fucking incredible, Guys. okay? And he had his first segment. I thought it was really good. P- Punk had his return fire, you know, called him the less famous Miz. Very awesome, right? Yeah, like, yeah, great. Yeah. Punk came – I mean, MJF comes back, and, you know – I don't love the, oh, your breath smells like shit. You know, okay, but I get it. He's kissing a lot of ass, fine. That's whatever. Sucked. That wasn't that great. That actually sucked. Yeah. But okay, it's proficient. No, but his point was, it got to the point, which was, you're doing the same, you're coming out and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to be fighting AW. can't but wait for this next match. Delivery of it was very, like, cat skills, like, set up, punch. It's like, your breath smells like shit. Because you've been doing that, it's like your best smells Look, like shit for, for, for kissing ass. Like, you, you got, if you're going to say that, like, he's don't perf- let them get ahead of you, you know? MJF is hokier yeah. and more performative. Right. CM Punk is much more Tarantino. He's like, he's grittier. He's doing it realer, right? Right. right. Part of that is because MJF's just 25. But that works for MJF's character, too, because he's yeah. fucking annoying. And, and like corny, like his suits are expensive, but look like shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what he is. 
So it's like, of course, his promo style, it fits the character to be like, uh, like, shut the fuck up. Like, he's, you know, it's like annoying. Anyway, the line of the night for me yeah. was when he goes like, yo, man, like, you're a nostalgia act. Yeah. You're not the punk that you used to be. You're not the ass kicker. You're not the guy that I had posters up my wall of. Yeah. You might as well be coming out here talking about hustle, loyalty, and respect. Okay? He said that. Right. And the crowd fucking lost it. They popped so hard. If you watch that back, they're all just like, oh, shit. Like, they, they, he fucking got him. Right? Right, right? And that crowd... They were playing with him. They were booing when they needed to. They, they don't hate him. He wasn't getting Xbox. He was getting the right heat. But they were not cheering or supporting him. They were not rooting for him. They were trying not to give him credit for being as good as he is. When he dropped that line, that whole crowd erupted. They lost it. They fucking loved it. They, were, they all were just like, yeah, we love punk, but that shit is fire. Because that's what punk is right now. He's this fucking whatever. Like, he's just coming out doing the nostalgia tour. And it's and it's a good thing to call out. And I think it was called out in the smartest way possible because punk is now everything that he was rallying against to become the punk we love. Pipe bomb punk, you know, would fucking is the enemy of what this punk is right now. We still love him because he's punk, but this is the exact opposite. So for MJF to drop that line, I thought was the best line, the best delivery was delivered perfectly and the best moment of that whole segment. Well, it's similar to, um, uh, Cena PG punk is so Cena being yeah PG punk was, that was a great line C, that's similar to I believe Cena Reigns beef maybe I forget or Cena Rollins I forget when they pointed out like hey you all your whole beef against rock was the fact that he was a part-timer <laughs> yeah and it's like now you're a fucking part-timer you right. know what I mean right. so it's I like you have to call Roman. out the you have to call out the elephant in the room it's probably Roman which is like you've become exactly the thing that you've rallied against you know right that'll right. always be good and that that's actually really good for punk's character is like he like let's call a spade a spade here like he is not the punk he used to be it's impossible for him to be that he's right. the face of the company the most paid guy the most protected dude you know what i mean right that is cena you know right right and right. that's what mjf called out and i thought that was and went but that specific line saying that you should be out here saying hustle loyalty respect that dropped the fucking crowd's panties. Like, they, right. they got fucked in the face by that. Yeah. And they loved it. They begged for more. And I thought it was the best line. Now, then, what was Punk's last, like, his last stanza? Like, because that was really good, too. I just can't remember right now. Yeah, COVID brain. Like, his response to all that. You mean when he, when he bounced? You mean when he left? Or you mean yeah, well, his MJF response to left. that exact line? Yeah, no, like, then his the, his next, like, they each cut two. He, I think that's when he started saying, like, the, they're talking about that four pillars argument, right? And he was like, because you, you've been replaced by Britt Baker, and you got yeah. upset that I came back, and I went after Darby Allen. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you're right. acting like I'm, like I'm here to respect these younger guys, but you're just mad that I'm just not respecting you, and it's because I don't acknowledge you because, you know, you uh, – and then he came back and said the Rosie O'Donnell thing, right? That was really good. Yeah, you were marking out for Rosie O'Donnell. Um, oh, 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 this is what I wanted to say. I don't remember what, what the exact... No, no, this, this is what I wanted to say. This is what I want to say. So MJF's best line... I'm, I'm gonna, by the way... They, I'm going to bring up the transcript. I bet that... No, no, hold on. No, no, I don't need it. I got it. I got it. I got it. They both... Look, the, both of them said awesome shit the whole time, right? They both had really great lines. 
But MJF's and I want listen. MJF's best line was that hustle, loyalty, respecting. Punk's best line, okay, and the whole thing he said was great, right? The 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 you're not a four pillar anymore. I didn't want to inflate you. You know, all this it was all great. But his best line, which you quoted earlier, was he said, "The only way you're ever gonna be the best in this company is if you hang around long enough for Tony Khan to have a daughter and you marry her." Right? That yeah. was undeniably the best line Punk had. Right? Yeah, it's it's a good line, but I don't. It doesn't feel true. You know? No, no, no. But that's the that's the best line. Right. But that's not even a knock on fucking MJF. That's a dig on Hunter. Right. No, That's I know. And, 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 and he had a couple of digs on Hunter, right? Because he said. And he should. And MJF also digging on Punk because he was like, you actually, you never, you actually were always number two, right? That was right. the thing. Right. Like, I'm just saying. I'm, main evented at WrestleMania, you know? I'm just saying, if I have to rank the most clever and digging and awesome shit that came out of both guys' mouths that night, number one best thing on MJF's list was saying hustle, loyalty, respect. And Punk's number one best thing on his list was saying, the only way you're going to be number one is if you marry Tony's daughter. And that was actually a knock on Triple H. I'm not taking anything away from Punk's promo. Punk's promo was great. And every promo he ever cuts for the rest of his life should try to bury WAB a little bit. That's awesome. Right. But I'm just saying on the whole, I still think that the, the better promo was, belonged to MJF, even though both were great. Because the other thing that, that Punk did, which is just an unfortunate part of the business that he had to do, yeah. is he had to pivot to like, you know, it must kill you that I went for Darby, but here's the deal, like, you know, you claim to beat him, but, like, you did it with a ring. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. like, you always have Wardlow fighting your battles. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you have to do all that. But, like, right, that right. just takes us all right back out of this, like, work yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 I know. And puts us right back into corny-ass wrestling. But <laughs> you got to do it because <laughs> we're selling a wrestling match. Right, you always have to be like, you always have to be like, I'll beat your ass. And you're like, don't, we don't care about the fighting yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, just tell me, how, tell me how this guy sucks as a, as, as tell a me how this guy sucks at his job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's life work, life's work is a sham. That's how I want to hear this feud go down. And then, yeah, you could dance fight after at a pay per view. MJF went for the jugular in a way that's like awesome and ballsy for both of them. That that Punk also allowed him to really say anything. Like he was like, "Your UFC fighting sucked. You're no one watch your movies. Like you've been an absolute loser since you left." Which is arguably right. true. Is like he didn't have any success in the stuff he did outside sure. of wrestling, and now he's back. He, he's, he didn't have the Batista run. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, so he, he called him out for that. And then he's like, look at you. You got the gray beard and your eyes. You look like fucking. Well, that, that's so clever. <laughs> where he goes like, for a straight edge guy, it looks like you do meth. That was in the first, that was in the first one. That but was in the second. Funny. And yeah. then the second, in the second one, he said, the only one who needs to go to, from looking at your eyes, the one who needs to go to sleep is you, bud. The other thing that MJF is very yeah. good at yeah. is Long Island negging like fucking yeah. dis like condescension yeah. Yeah. he called everyone like the only one who needs to go to sleep is you bud like that's right. like people talk each other down where we're from so so artfully it's so obnoxious so here here's my thing with this right with this is like look we all love this promo it's great there is an element of it that is what do you say yeah <laughs> yeah oh they're at the window is yeah, my, the window? And my <laughs> family's knocking on the window. To, they're trying to quarantine, say what up to you, to the window. <laughs> and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm doing a podcast right now. I, I can't That's talk. So I'm talking, talking, yeah, talking MJF. I, here's the thing. We all love this. We all love the fucking 
insider, you know, carny shit, like all the like knocks at WWE and like all those nods. We love all that shit. Is there a way to make these guys feel like they really don't like each other? Because that ultimately, when it really comes down to it, that is fun. I wish I felt like Punk really didn't like MJF. Like that would be, you know what I mean? Is there, and maybe it's just a too tall of an order, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's so, too tall of an order. You can't force it. You know what I mean? You can't. I got news for you. I, I, MJF is so good at his job. Right. I don't think anyone likes him. I think they're all just like, yeah, this guy's kind of a fucking piece of shit. Like, I really do think everyone kind of doesn't like him b- behind the scenes, but that might just be because he's so good at that character. Because here's what I argue, is that, to be honest, in terms of feuds, the Kingston punk promos interest me way more than this, you know? But that feud is way less high profile. You know but, what I mean? Yeah, but the other thing is that, like, the thing is, like, the problem with Kingston is yeah. that, like, what, like those guys because I like those, to eat a little bit. Those guys have a similar <laughs> style, yeah, and they're they're very. I love listening to those guys talk, but like, there's really no stakes to anything you're gonna say to Kingston. Like, he just isn't that big of a deal right now. And I like what's Punk gonna like rip into him for? Like, hey man, you you like uh, you never amounted to shit. Like, that's it. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, then he's gonna be like, yeah, but I've been grinding my ass and you had this cushy life. Like, that's the whole promo. Like, we did it. That's it. Right. They're just gonna do that over and over again. They need to figure out long term how to really make you feel like punk hates Cody, you know? Like, that'd be punk, huge. The punk, if they could really like punk Cody something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, all I, of this being said, what's I think incredible is you have two guys going toe-to-toe. There's no title involved, and it's we're not even talking about titles, which is what right. WWE is unable to do. They're right. unable to do it. Everything has to be like the fucking, this, this random title you don't give a shit, including the heavyweight titles, are on the line. Yeah. And here's a briefcase and this and that. And, we, and they've kind of lost their way over there. It's so gimmicked up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It- it's bad. It's in a bad state of affairs right now. Like Survivor I mean, Series is is just a walking gimmick that no one cared about. Well, I was just watching, you know, the Raw and, and SmackDown leading up to Survivor Series, and they're still running that fucking. I got Adam Page, who's doing a Adam Pierce. Sorry, Adam Pierce, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Adam Pierce, and he's like in a semi beef with. The Mysterio brothers, I know they're not brothers, but you know what I mean, because, like, he promised he'd let Dominic on the Survivor Series team, and then he put Lashley in because he's better. And I'm like, these guys are still forced to fucking truck around like they're dying to be in the Survivor Series match to represent the brand. Like, Rey Mysterio's pissed that his son can't be in Survivor Series? Get the fuck out of here. It's so corny and un- unrealistic and like <laughs> how is how is dominic anything is you just suck so bad i, mean, well, I, mean, where's, I haven't mean, seen tulo in forever but thing. he was a dominic and, P- mysterio fan right mjf cm well, you know the whole thing with tulo tulo will listen to this and he'll give me shit for this but aew tulo should go back and apologize for so much stuff now that aew exists he should go back and be like all right, I was accepting a lot of WWE stuff because AEW didn't exist and there was no alternative. And that's what oh. we should say. But anyway. Well, 
Look, I, I don't know. You know I, haven't, I, mean, look, I haven't spoken to him about uh, since I, you uh, betrayed us both. I haven't spoken to him much, so I don't know how he feels about current WWE product. It's fine. Anyway, but there's little, a lot of bad shit. I turned it on. He took a big hour in Vegas, and then he retreated back into Austin, Texas with all the weirdos, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. He knows I, where I am. I'm by his parents' house. If he wants to come out, yeah. you know, he knows where I am. So, but can I just talk about WWE real quick? Of course. I got Lashley feuding with both Mysterios for a spot <laughs> in the fucking Survivor Series. I don't give a fuck about it. Kevin Owens is doing some bullshit I don't care about. I got a guy named Happy Corbin showing up, <laughs> teaming with another guy named Madcap Moss. The both of them are wearing suspenders. And I'm like, uh, what? 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 What happened? I was gone for like a few. What's going on over here? I got fucking the one of the best wrestlers of all time, Randy Orton. He's in a tag team with one of the fucking biggest losers in the sport. Complete douche, lack of a character, idiot with a fucking me too on him. And the guy's wearing a fake mustache. This riddle character. I mean, they uh, they got they got to seriously take a pause shuffle the deck up and go, okay, let's reprioritize like what, what the real shit is and what the nonsense. The only thing I saw this week at WWE that was any good was the Roman bloodline stuff. That was it. Roman, he's doing good. Woods, you know, there was a little biggie crossover. That was all good with me, but man, that shit was laughable. It was laughable, Dan. Well, um, so one thing that's interesting, I uh, I, I believe um, uh, <laughs> Sami Zayn is the number one contender. He won a battle royale to be the number one <laughs> contender to the to the Romans Universal Title, but they also announced that Lesnar's coming back. So ah, poor Sammy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like this is what they constantly do is they like throw someone like a KO or like a Finn Balor in front of Reigns. Which, right. by the way, the worst finish of any wrestling match I've ever seen was that Finn Balor demon thing. If you haven't seen it, you got to go watch it. They have the rope break, snaps him out of being the demon. It's so bad. And uh, that's what they do. But then they announce Lesnar or like Cena's already back. And they're, right. it's like they're, their mid card is just nothing, you know? They don't yeah, know how to beef tough. anybody up. Anyway, there's no, you know, so anyway. All right, let's move on. MJF Punk will be excited. The interesting thing is that the match between MJF and Punk probably won't be that good. That's that's something to think about. It's that, almost irrelevant, right? We'll we'll see. I, I will go on record as saying I think the GTS is a horrible finisher. I think it's one of the worst finishers on one of the best wrestlers. Uh, I think Hogan's leg drop is probably the number one worst finish on a on a great wrestler, if you want to call him a great wrestler. Um, don't like the GTS. Was a big fan of the Anaconda Vice. Uh, Vice into like a fucking bulldog situation. That was awesome. The original finisher. And I like uh, Sammy Guevara's GTH. That's actually a nice piece of work. That is actually really cool. The go to hell. Yeah, the go to hell is nice. Um, that actually is really cool. Sammy Guevara, by the way, it can do a Spanish fly 
a snap Spanish fly from just ring, flat ring. That is, I can't even believe it every time I see it. Yeah, it's incredible. But I don't know how he's going to get his finisher off on, like, anyone who's bigger than 220 pounds. You well, know? He's, I guess he's going to start wrestling Tony Nice, which is interesting. Yeah, that guy looks heavy, but he's 5'3", so <laughs> he, he could still get picked up for GTH. No, there's no meme corner today because I'm in uh, COVID corner, but uh, someone posted <laughs> so like, They were like, oh, Tony Nese and I have the same hobby, which is sitting and watching Dynamite and Rampage. <laughs> I like it. It's he's a good meme. The, he's in the crowd every single show. That's a good meme. But here's the thing about Tony Nese coming to AEW. Oh, by the way, Long Island Zone. I got to love him. He's from Long Island. But I, if I'm being honest, yeah, this is not quite the hot prospect. <laughs> this is not quite a, an, a Molokai Black or like a, a Bray Wyatt if he comes over. This is like, oh, Tony News. All right. You know? Yeah. So, all right. Let's. I just want to give – I want to talk about Daniel Bryan for a second because right? I know we're talking about Daniel Bryan. Well, Daniel Bryanson. Uh, Brian Danielson, <laughs> yeah, Daniel Bryanson, the American Danielson. Um, oh, that's isn't that Danielson is from Karate Kid? Yeah, the Karate Kid. called Danielson. Yeah, Danielson. I am the American Danielson. Um, that's my that's one of my monikers. Oh, okay. I, I I think Daniel Bryan is so fucking awesome right now. I mean, I I thought that, first off, I just love this the stomp into the fucking submission. Is fucking yeah. Great. You see, he picked up Colcabana's tooth. Off the mat? So is I, that a plant or not? I, I fell asleep during this match. Oh, okay. You I was watching it. I GTS myself. Um, At the I end of the match, up. there's a tooth on the mat. And it felt, uh, if I, I got worked with that, it felt like there's a piece of a tooth. It looked like a cap on, on, on like, that came out of Coco Bata's town. And then I just picked it up. And there's something like Daniel Bryan goes heel where he feels like he kind of can do, like, a – it's what he's not, like, a great promo. I've said. He, do, he can cut some great promos. But he can do a real, like, asshole smile. Like, he's got a smirk. You I'll, know? Tell you, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly what it is. He's not good at promos. Right. So he's, like, disconnected. Even when he's trying to be very connected. Like, he, he lacks – the thing that is able to connect punk to the crowd. Like he's disconnected because he's like, it's, it's like stilted or clumsy or something's kind of off. Right. When he's a heel and he just does that. Cause that's how he is. It feels a little bit psycho. And so it works a little bit. You know what I right. mean? Like as a heel, his inability to connect with his audience on the microphone and with his face and his words yes. is actually a benefit. So that's what I think it is. Okay, I'll accept that. Either way, that being said, Daniel Bryan is like going to beat the shit out of Dark Order members every week, lead to their match. I like it. It's good. No, so here's the thing. What I got to say, like Hangman Page, Daniel Bryan, they squared off what it was last week, two weeks ago, and had that promo off. And it was, you know, I would say on the level, like when you're talking about like the, the highest profile thing you could have, right? This is the title and this is Daniel Bryan, one of the biggest stars in the business. It's like cutting a promo against Bobby Lashley as the champion, right? It's like, it's like the upper echelon and there's like nothing. It's like, it's like the pulse is just dead, right? right? These guys cannot promo each other. However, there is something very exciting about Adam Page being champion, right? He's, a, he's definitely like a workhorse. He's definitely like a a man of the people. So I'm glad Virginia got to have him win the belt, whatever. I don't think he's a star, but AW, it's cool. All right, put the belt on this guy. He was, he was, he fought for the first 
the inaugural title against Jericho. It could have been him at the jump. Yeah. And obviously, Danielson is one of the biggest names in the, in the biz. He's, he's a top 10 all-time guy, probably, right? So the fact that they're fighting for the AW title, huge. And the fact that he's going heel, I, he's a little bit better as a heel than as a face, I always thought. So the, 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 the angle here of him being like, yo, until I fight you every week, I'm going to kick the shit out of somebody in the Dark Order. Hey, I'll be in Chicago next week. There's a guy in the Dark Order from Chicago. Let's do it. Like, that's cool. That yeah. works for me. That's really good. That's what's so cool about AEWs. I think they're so clever at finding ways to make you care about non-title Absolutely. matches. And they're going and to they let this. you know about them a week in advance always. Literally, yeah. next, week's, next week is like, winter is coming. This one was Thanksgiving Dynamite. Like, they, 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 like, they like really... So you uh, like them because they, they look at the next week's holiday and then tell you what it's going to no, be. No, what I'm saying is that they, they find a way to make you like... No, I, with WWE, I barely know throughout my whole watching of WWE, I barely know what the next Raw is going to be. WWE you know I mean? has a very bad <laughs> habit of really not having a plan or not sticking <laughs> to the plan or changing the plan like way too many times. Right. And like so think if, about when they were going to put Roman over on Lesnar before, you know, right, the right. original time. Like, And they just like, it was like <laughs> two years of like, just they didn't know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> They just couldn't pull the trigger. We were at Mania 34 when they rang the bell, like, and it like was just Lesnar's music. We're like, what? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. It was the most dead crowd for a main event I'd ever seen. It makes no sense. But AW, look, I like that Daniel Bryan is going to systematically kick the crap out of everyone in, in Dark Order until he gets the page. That's right. cool. The problem is, it's Dark Order, which I have always been very critical of. Yeah. I have thought they are the worst stable in AEW. I think that they get the most TV time for having the least quality out of any stable I've ever seen in my life, I think. And post Brody dying, they just turned into a goof act, which is the best iteration of Dark Order we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But now it makes even less sense as to what the fuck they are. Now they're just like a bunch of friendly guys who wear black and purple and really like Adam Page. Well, literally, like, at, at the event we were at, the shirt they sell, it's a tie-dye Dark Order shirt. It's like they're just they're called the Dark Order, and they right. sell tie-dye shirts. <laughs> right. There is yeah. no reason for their colors to be black and purple. There's no reason for some of them to wear masks. They're not dark. They're not in any sort of order. Uh, <laughs> there's no leader. There's no exalted one. Evil Uno and... Chad Gable or whatever the fuck his name is, were, who, who were the... <laughs> Stu Grayson. <laughs> Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. <laughs> Stu Grayson sounds like... What does that sound like? Sounds like the fucking the manager or like an IHOP or whatever. Stu Grayson? Stu Grayson sounds like your mom's new husband. That's <laughs> yeah, it. You're right. It sounds more like a white collar thing. No, it's like it's your fucking stepdad. It's like, hey, hey everybody, he's... I'm... Uh, yeah. Uh, or like... It's Stu Grayson. Like... He sounds like he runs an AA meeting out of a VFW. Yeah, I can't um, figure out what it, none of these. Well, are it right. sounds like Dick Grayson, who's Robin. Anyway, look, the point is that those guys were maybe the leaders at some point, and now I don't know what's going on. They threw Colt Cabana in there. A couple hot chicks were in there for a minute. Are they still in? I don't know. And now they're just kind of. Now I think the leader is that fucking, that fat Jack Darlin you like. What's his name? John Johnny. Silver. John Silver. Long, short John Silver. 
you, you know, they, you, he seems to be the leader of the dark order. If you ask me who the no, leader he, of the dark he's order. He's pretty good though. I like that guy. He seems like a great time. He'd be so much better if he was not in the fucking dark order. They would like, all be better off not in the dark That's the order. thing. All they are is a cheering section for a cowboy, Yo, which makes, then why they look like that. Speaking of cowboys. It, yeah. <laughs> Did you see how jacked Billy Gunn is? Oh my Billy God. Gunn. <laughs> He's 58. He's, he's so, dude, he's so much bigger than all his kids. That he's must be, 50, dude, he's literally be 58 such, years old. Dude, it must be such a mind fuck when you're like at the peak shape of your life and your dad is like 80 and is going to fucking kill you. Oh, wait, wait, can you put this in perspective? He's 58. The, yeah. I, think, I think the flare well, he was 61. Get out of here. No way. No way. Look that up. No way. That's just going off memory. Flair Michaels. Billy Gunn looks like it, he looks like a timeless statue. You know what I mean? I mean, he's got to be taking every single thing. On? What is he on? HGH, steroids, ashwagandha, uh, valerian roots, uh, a lot of turmeric. Right. Ric Flair right now is 72. So the Flair Wild was at WrestleMania 24, I believe, in Florida. Uh, it was at, let's see, Shawn Michaels defeats Ric Flair, career-threatening match, 24, which was in 2008. Yeah. So how so, many years ago is that? 11 years ago? No, 13. So he's got, what is this, 21? Okay. Whatever. Who cares? He's 72 right now, so it's over 10 years ago. So he's 60. Well, he's, he's basically the same age as God. It was 2008, but he was born in 49. So 50 well, would be 58. If he was born in 1950, 2008 would make him 58. So he's 59. He was one year older than Billy Gunn now. That's bonkers. Bonkers. He looks like he could be... <laughs> Like Ric Flair at the Flair Well yeah. could be Billy Gunn today's father. <laughs> Ric Flair has had those like those pancake tits for, since like the nineties. Like he just doesn't like wow. Like he because he he just he looked like shit. He looked like shit. And he looked like shit then. Yeah. And he was one year older than Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, Dan, you're you're in great shape. Yeah. You've been getting in better shape. Yeah. You know. This is a you major mean, setback for me. <laughs> major setback for you. Me too. I was training pretty hard. But, yeah. like, you know that you will never <laughs> be in the shape that a 58-year-old Billy Gunn is in no. right now. Because he's got – it's a combo of everything. He's got a great build. He's got whatever. He's got – he's so synthetic. You know, like, Dude, He's knows? so huge. That's the other thing. I remember in DX, like, I was like – I liked Billy Gunn because, like, this well, guy was – a monster. He was enormous, and no we, one talked about it. I wonder what his ass looks like now. <laughs> looks all right. I see it. Can you imagine him doing a flare well? Like uh, he's that jack, but he's like, oh, come hit me. Like you, you wouldn't even look like a guy you got to put down. To be honest, Sean looks worse. Sean, Sean looks, looks worse at WrestleMania 24. <laughs> How old is Sean Michaels? Uh, probably. My guess is 55. You think he's younger than Billy Gunn? Oh my god! Look at Shawn Michaels now. <laughs> Billy Gunn now is fifty-eight. Okay, Shawn Michaels now is fifty-six. 
Yeah. Shawn Michaels is another one who just looks like an absolute <laughs> piece of shit, right? <laughs> like, I just feel terrible because the guy used to be a sexy boy. Goldberg looks great. Goldberg was fantastic. Goldberg looks so good at uh, in Crown Jewel or whatever it was called, the Saudi show. He but speared, then go, he speared Lashley. Actually, it made, I had like respect for Goldberg again because he he went so he clearly was like wanted to show everybody he could still go in that match, and then right. he, even though he could never go, which is right, right, right. But he spears Lashley off of the fucking ramp, and then he right. looks fucking awesome at the end. He beat. The well, shoot. that's the thing. Whenever I see Goldberg, I look at him and I go, "Yo, he looks pretty fucking good." But then I pull up a picture of Goldberg in 1998, and oh, I go, "Yo, this guy doesn't even look like one third of what this guy was." Like Goldberg '98 was a fucking Adonis. It was it was great. Not an Adonis. That's the other. <laughs> here's the other thing. There's the thing no is, wrestling Adonis. Adonis, I sure there are. There's some fucking handsome guys, man. Oh, Sean in his prime. No, Sean never did it for me, man. Like I, I think Razor was a handsome guy. Razor, oh, I yeah, think Scott yeah. Hall looked great. But guys like Tyler Breeze, Fandango. These are good-looking dudes. <laughs> so you're saying the fashion police are your go-to, your go-to guys, your go-to guys. I think Drew McIntyre is really good-looking. Yeah, you know, uh, women don't all agree with me. He's too big. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, you know who was good? That fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, Adam Rose. That's not his name. What's his name? <laughs> That was his name. Adam Rose. That's yeah. a good looking guy. Bring him back. It was party time all uh, the time. <laughs> his gimmick was being Russell Brand. Russell Brand and <laughs> forgetting Sarah Marshall. He was like South African Russell Brand. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, man. All right. Last, last point is um, I want to bring up two things. One thing. Rio beat Britt Baker on Rampage. But it was not uh, to get yeah, for into contender to, title. So that's one of my that's my least favorite type of match in all of wrestling is it's you have to fight standard. the champion and then you if you beat the champion now you fight the champion for the belt. I <laughs> to, hate that type to, of match to inevitably lose to the champion, right? I, or wait, whatever it is, I just fucking absolutely hate that there is a stock standard type of match in this business where you beat the champion. And now you get to try to become the champion. It's like the minute a champion loses, one-on-one, like you should have the title. That's it, period. That's it. So Riho's back. But here's the last thing I want to talk about is Tulo said, if I don't talk about this, why even do the pod is what he said. Oh, well, So I could tell you right now, you know, I know that it's actually not important and doesn't matter and we don't need to talk about it. All right. That's a no sell on Tulo. I don't respect that. <laughs> uh, is uh, – Andrade in trunks. So let's just talk about this for a second. This is one thing WWE does, AEW does really poorly. Okay. Yeah. Is like they have huge moments that happen on picture in picture or just no uh, sold okay. by cameras. Right. So Andrade has this thing. Andrade is looking incredible. <clears throat> Jack he up. looks great. He comes out in a gimp mask and he doesn't even need one. He doesn't, he doesn't need, need one. I think the gimp mask is a little much. Personally, that's a little. You know what rubs me the wrong way? Is he the, looks amazing in the white suit yeah. with the gimp mask, but then when he rips that suit off, the facade of the suit because it's like a Velcro onesie, yeah. and then you see like how fake the suit is, and then I go like, ah, oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. I wish they had it look less silly when it comes yeah. off. Well, it comes off, and then so he wrestles in just like uh, pinstripe pants, yeah. like he's he, like he, he, he wrestles in. 
John Cena WrestleMania gangster pant. What WrestleMania where he, where he had the whole that was 1920s WrestleMania 23 and CM Punk was one of the guys on the car wow. dressed like that. It was in Chicago. And it was in Chicago. Right. So he oh. comes out in Cena 23 1920s gangster pants. That was versus Shawn Michaels. Great. Uh, anyway, or maybe it was 22, whatever, irrelevant. But uh, the, 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 uh, uh, he dresses it like it, it's almost like a fucking Halloween adventure mafia guy costume. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> the pants look terrible. But anyway, at some point during the match, he ripped them off and was just wearing black trunks. And, okay. and, and he did it during picture on picture because I went back to rewatch. Like, when did he change? Right. Right. It wasn't like an angel. It's so like WWE, like when Angel Garza pulls his pants off, like that's like a big moment. You know what I mean? By the way, now that? he's now called Angel and does not do that anymore. Oh, is called God. Angel. He's literally called Angel. Oh my and like, god! Also, Garza's like his family's like famous wrestling last name too. You know what I mean? Oh my god! <laughs> He's I, literally I, called Angel. I absolutely hate <laughs> the name shortenings in WWE. They are so bad. Remember that Andrade are so Cien bad. Almas? Andrade Cien Almas was one of the coolest names in all of wrestling. Yeah, they come out to just Andrade. <sighs> Yikes! There's one right now that's really pissing me off. I Riddle. can't remember what it is. He's called Riddle. No Riddle, but Riddle I get because you can't Google <laughs> Riddle. Yeah, because it's a real word, so you right. just get like Dictionary.com and Riddle. You get riddles, and they don't want to Google him because he raped a woman. So okay. all right, all right. It's a, it's. A, I I don't think it's. I think it's disgusting. Yeah, I get why they shortened his name. It's. The, I, I, I don't think that's why though. A hundred percent it is. That's why they, they started doing they it. They do it for everybody. I, that's why it's so nefarious. Okay. That's why you can't see the strings. They shorten <laughs> his name right. so that you can't look into his transgressions. The guy should be fired. The guy should be in jail. Separate. There's somebody's name now they shorten, and it's absolute garbage. Is it a woman, maybe? I don't know. Somebody they shorten her name, and it's really awful. And also, why is Bobby Fish in AEW? They could, they could, that, that fish is rotten. You could throw it out. <laughs> well, he's just chilling with, uh, with so Adam Page. He's chilling with Adam Page, baby. Uh, Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> anyway, all right, whatever. Well, all right, listen, Shebs, let's get out of here. We talked about no, it. No, 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 no. something else what, you want to talk about? I got to say one thing. I got to apologize to Tula. I know soul that he said, if we don't mention this, why even do a podcast? Yeah. And he wants to talk about the, the trunks. Well, that the trunks. Actually, now all of a sudden he's heavyweight. You know, I'm just saying that's that's actually correct. If we if this podcast does not mention that AW dropped the ball by not showcasing the move to trunks, so that's a good. I thought when you when you said something about <laughs> Riho and yeah. then you talked about Tulo, I thought you know it was Tulo and coming off. Of, I thought it would be like something about Riho, and I was like, we don't need to fucking talk about Riho. But he was right. Credit where credit is due. It's a good point. This podcast yeah. is is very big on on men's underwear well, discussing it. The cool thing about AEW is like, uh, thank you for apologizing to Tulo, but the cool thing is AEW is they have so many cool heavyweight contenders who feel like they're like ready any second to be up there for that title. And they mm -hmm. don't have a lot of titles, you know, and, and they do a nice job with the TNT title with like Guevara. It's like, yeah, Andrade's not going to fight for that. You know what I mean? Right, right, like, right. He might, but like, yeah, it's like, some of these guys are like like Malachi. It's like they're gonna, you know, he's going for the title when he gets the title, you know. Right. I go right into after Daniel Bryan Page, because Page will keep the title after this Daniel Bryan feud, I believe. Um I don't know. I think I he will. I, I think he will. 
And because uh, I think this will be Daniel Bryan's going to get over Hangman Page, I believe, you know? Right. And I believe that go right into a Andrade feud, I think would be awesome. Page Andrade or Daniel yeah, Andrade? Page Andrade. Is Andrade ready just because he's in underwear now? Like he's been languishing in some sort of multi-partner. No. I think he just triangle. needs he's one of those guys. He just needs I think he just needs to push up to that main event. And 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 uh, uh I think that's what that's what I would do with him. I think like make him a main event guy. That's what I would do. Or I go Malachi, obviously, you know. But Malachi, you can't have lose to Pangman Page, I think. I don't think they know what to do with Malachi right now. I think well, it's weird to see him. He does not feel like a wrestler who would ever sign up for a tag match, let alone a six man. Like, you know, he's so like ominous that he's like, all right, I'm ready for my six man tag today. You know what I mean? I think it was an eight man. I think he was in yeah, the eight, eight man. Eight man. Um, I got to pee. I, I got to go be, tend to my COVID. <laughs> all right. I got to go tend to my COVID also. So did you give it to me or did I give it to you or did we both get it independently and then we just both have it? It's irrelevant. I would argue you gave it to me if I had to guess, and I think you would, I think you agree. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I hope I, not. I think you gave it to me. I, I hope, hope I didn't. Um, especially because we, we have proof that I'm less contagious. <laughs> so How was the proof? Oh, well. <laughs> The proof, I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding, folks. That's uh, true. That, I, that I serve to everybody at uh, Covidiculous. <laughs> Covidiculous. Can we retcon? If you post any videos, call it SummerSlam, uh, Survivor Series Covidiculous. All the videos I have suck. It's so annoying. I hired a video mm-hmm. guy. I do these matches for the video. You know what I mean? I know. I know. Anyway, it's what it is. All right, buddy. We'll see you back here for the bonus episode. <laughs> Patreon.com slash means wrestling. Support the podcast. We do it ourselves from uh, uh from quarantine. Shebs, you sound sick as fuck. Go tend to your wounds. And All right. Mahalo, bro. Mahalo, bro. Keep watching. Fuck the, the mainland. Cheers. Cheers up.